What up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Nerds in the City, a Central Florida podcast talking about nerd cultures, movies, games, comics, movie reviews, and events happening in and around Central Florida. As always, this is your host, Tony, with Damn Nick. You will not break me. That Well, you know what? You will, you will not break me. Yeah, My will, name is Nick's. Nick. You will not break me. Damn Nick. You We're going to go me. this every week, <laughs> so we, we'll... We, Damn Nick is forever. I'm st- I'm I'm sticking with it. You will not break me. I know you, I will not break <laughs> you, but damn it, Nick, it is. How you been, bro? Always good. Always good. Always good. Always good. I like to. I enjoy life. I enjoy the this calm time. Yeah, it's it's the beginning of the year. Uh, a lot of news been breaking recently. A lot of. Uh, uh, older movies are being announced, other things, or new movies coming out that are being either removed again or rescheduled or delayed or rewritten. So it's it's going to be interesting 2021. No storylines, yeah. I, I just hope they're new. I just, you know what it is? As long as I've been watching movies and TV shows and stuff like that, I feel like I can see the recycle, the recycle tropes or the recycle storylines so clearly. And then when you start realizing the stories you grew up with, that you thought were super original, you look into it, you find out even those weren't original. Yeah. It's really sad. So I really hope we hear something like completely like off the wall, like, man, I've never heard of a story like that. I think there was there's been so many too many movies or comic books out or manga out so much that I don't think there it's gonna be very difficult to come out with an original story that hasn't come out it's before. It's not even just an original story, no, like, but our different our original concept of a story. Put it this at this point, because I think I've seen so many original stories, and when it comes to movies, they've dropped that ball. Yeah, I think certain certain movies need to go back to basics. Like I would like to see a really simple storyline done to perfection. I I want to see that again in a movie theater where you or even not movie theater, but even at home, just you take the simplest storyline, you know, meet cute comedy, whatever, or or love story or action with the simplest storyline, but you do it to simple, like to straight perfection. Like, don't even get complicated. Don't don't give me no twist, no nothing. Give me, you know, give me give me Die Hard. Uh huh. Just like that. Like Die Hard, you know, was not complicated. It was pretty much straight up story, action, you know. Done right. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. I think I think I see what you're saying. Just. Nothing. I mean, there were little things, little twists. Like, like you, you, you always want to put little things in there for make to make that movie. Like, as far as like, it's almost like when you put a bow on a, on your luggage when you're flying, so you always can recognize it. You always want to put stuff like that into good movies. You know, the acting is always going to be good, and the story could be simple. And you throw your little interesting quirks in there. But for the most part, just a simple action done right. A simple comedy done right. Simple drama done right. Yeah, nothing that's too over the top. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the twist. And I do wish that there was more. Unfortunately, people get, people drop What's the ball. What's a genre to... that's missing? Or that doesn't, it doesn't, um, I would say, it doesn't get the, I'm trying to say, like, Com- like romances, romance. I had a time when, like, yeah, uh, I love you, man. Came out old. School. Even I love you, man. It's like something that kind of feels like it. It just becomes obscure. Yeah, like you no, don't really, you don't hear it like in the pantheon of like forty old virgin or anything like that. Yeah, no, you don't. Those that's one like underrated movie, I think. For 
for the for that bromance to, where it was very uh, Judd Apatow movie. But that's what I'm saying. When you compare it, like yeah, when you compare it to the others, of course, is it doesn't. But I think it's it's one of those dark horses that that it was enjoyable, but doesn't it didn't it didn't make a big bleep on the radar in terms of when compared to the other movies. But what do you think is a genre that that doesn't get represented well enough? So I feel horror. Horror gets gets misconstrued so many times because there what was there was a movie that we saw that it was it made it to a self seem like it was gonna be one of those um jump scare horrors, but it was all psychological. So I'm like the way it portrayed it in the trailers, the way the the way it was like in synops if you read it you think is oh it's gonna be a jump scare horror, but it doesn't. It did. It didn't do that. Which one was talking about? It was one a few years ago. I'm. I'm I don't remember the name, but I just remember. You know that. what? Okay, so horror does get horror does have representation. Yes. What I miss are good um, slashers. Like, you know, give me a, a um, give me a Freddy Krueger. Give me a. A Jason Forhey, but like a new character. Like you think, I feel like all the classic- that's a good question. Do you think that there there's possible there's a possibility of opening up a new horror slasher uh, villain or character that would would be able to stand the test of going twenty years from now if it's created today? I think you can. I think the only problem is okay. So I think. All we've really gotten, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think about all the movies in my head, but the the, the characters I mentioned, right? They, I mean, we're gonna get those remakes, but I don't want remakes. I want a new guy, a new person, right? Yeah. So the thing about the ones that I mentioned, they were not just slashers; they were slashers by kind of uh, supernatural beings, right? Because you think about, yeah, of course, all of Chucky, them. Chucky, you know, Jason, and Candyman, Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah, they were all they were all supernatural beings, but they were slasher films. And the most that we've gotten in the last, you know, decade or so has been, let's say, like, um, Scary Face or a Happy Death Day guy. Like, you know, it's like those. Yeah. So it's always human wearing a mask, which is cool, but it's not the same thing as, like, Jason Voorhees, which is, like. Indestructible. Indestructible or. Yeah. And I mean, I know right now because those movies kind of created all these weird tropes that it's difficult to take them as seriously. Yeah. But it would be interesting, though. Like, something. Just a supernatural force of like, that's that's almost impossible to stop, and that kid thinks out the one way to possibly stop them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like a pebble or something. <laughs> or my favorite was also Chucky because Chucky was always he was always doubted. He was always like uh, nobody was paying, ever paying attention, or, or nobody ever gave him the credibility, and that's how he used that to his advantage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, uh, just throw the dolls aside. Next thing you know, the doll's not there anymore. Boom, yeah. now we're into... Because that's why... When I first heard about Annabelle, that character, that, that, that yeah. horror character, I thought that's what it was going to be. And apparently, she never moves. Yeah. She just... Stuff happens around her, and you're, like, freaked out. Actually, you know what I would love to see? Which I think they would... I would love to see a remake of, which I'm surprised they haven't even thought about it. Anyway. Probably because of the curse. Poltergeist. Yeah. That would... Oof, that would be good. Like a huge epic poltergeist type remake. Wow, I think that would be <laughs> so. I, 
that was another thing too in in the early in the early nineties, late eighties. They had this thing where it was always kids finding kind of these weird spiritual beings or well, possessions, kind of uh, you know, kind of like uh, leeway into horrifying worlds. Like uh, yeah. I think there was one called The Gate. It was a couple of different ones. But it was always weird. It was always teenagers or kids always finding these weird dimensional vortexes into yeah. ghosts. I guess or because hell. they say that kids are the most vulnerable because they're so innocent. That also, they, you, they attract. I think you the, identify more and you identify the vulnerability of it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Poltergeist would be good. I don't think there would be another movie. And that's and, and that was that's what I was thinking when we were talking. It was like, like comedy. Comedy's been represented so many different ways, and and it's hard to interpret comedy depending because it was dry humor. It's the same as horror. You know, what I some people the- like demented horror. Some people like ghost horror. Some people like slasher movies. You know what? I, I, but I don't think there's it. there's that many like how you were, sorry. No, but, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. Just um, yeah. But I don't think it's hard to would it would be hard right now to create a character that would be able to go on and make like 15 movies out of like Halloween. I think it just has to be entertained. Like you have to have an entertaining presence in it. Like, cause you know, the, the the only thing that people, people don't care. Like, you know, it's funny. Those kind of movies, you kind of have to suspend logic. And now we're living a more logical time. And I think most people want things to connect whatever. And we were okay with that time. And we actually loved that kind of like that, that kind of, yeah, we, we were okay with letting those things go because they were entertaining. And I think we could still do that. However, it, it's it's a it's a mixed bag. You have to really make a good a good mix of a movie like that. Like, yeah, it has to be grounded enough so people could, to feel like it's real, but also put it in a universe that you know that everything's not real. That the like the villain will never die. You know what I found? I, found, I, I was watching some kind of. I think it was uh, just just you know name drop. Um, I like those little kind of. Um, discussions on wisecrack i think it's a channel yeah um i think they had mentioned something about comedy and they mentioned something about the office right yeah. and i found out that the office exists in multiple countries not just yeah. not just us and britain but i think in uh, different Eastern. versions yeah but they noticed that every joke in those those things are still funny but only only in their own cultural context so i think with comedy the only thing with comedy is is comedy is um cultural and time yeah so a comedy that comes out now might not be funny 20 years from now yeah it's no, difficult to have something that's going to be it funny. Does, it doesn't age well well it's not just that it age well it's just kind of we we make we kind of make fun of our own culture that we have now so yeah even if it wasn't something that's not as culturally as sensitive as you know or culturally as as correct as we should be you know 20 years they might be some aspects of that 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 people thought was funny now might not nowhere near understand why it's funny later yeah Look at friends. <laughs> you keep on saying friends, but friends is one of the one of the biggest. Uh, but it's not funny. You say that. Uh, well, and, and you know, what? I know you the whole laugh track thing you told me about. But. No, no, that was, but the laugh track thing was a, a Big Bang Theory. Okay, but friends, and and mind you, mm-hmm. and that's a, and I think that that was another thing is that I watched it probably like last year for the first time ever. So yeah. there is that ten year, twelve year gap or whatever it was that's been out. That it was at the time it would have been funny because it was relevant to whatever time frame it was coming out. Yeah. But then I like to I I usually when when I know there's a a show that it's that came out in the '90s and I'm like I understand the con the idea that we're coming there. But I'm like even then I don't think I would have laughed. 
<laughs> I don't know. Well, then that's what I'm saying. Then it's that culture thing. It's just it's not funny to you. It's not funny. To, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's like, friends. It's not, it's not funny. <laughs> and uh-huh. and yeah. there was... I posted something on my personal page about... Um, it was The Office, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Friends. And mind you, I didn't even know what the fourth show was. And and I was like, which one has to go? 98% of the people that posted that that commented on my post was all seeing friends. Yeah, but you're you're basing this on the that that spectrum that you posted it to. What did you post it to again? My my Facebook page. Which how which I'm guessing based on the fact that we surround ourselves with people of nerd culture, they're people that kind of think the same way you do. So it's No. Some of the, some of them I'm just saying is like you can't there was a you few that said the, your, a, no, but there's a few that said the office. Yeah, you know I mean, I and I and I understand that, but I'm saying, and these are people that I, that people that responded with friends. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought they would have picked friends from me knowing them personally. I didn't, I didn't engage in that one, but I wouldn't have picked friends. I know. Well, not even because I don't watch Friends anymore. I used to watch it a, yeah. a couple of times, but I wouldn't watch it only because it's there's certain shows that you can rewatch a certain amount of times, and certain show shows like even if it's good. It's not rewatchable. There's a difference. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've ever really sat down and rewatched all of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air after I watched all of it in the first time. No, it's understandable. So, I don't know. It's just, you know, to some people it's different. Yeah. But you know what? Let's get into some news. What you got for me today, bro? Okay. So, uh, Liam Nielsen. Uh, Liam Niel- Nielsen announced. <laughs> he just, like, just weakened him just for- I'm gonna Liam, I'm, Liam Nielsen. 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 Uh, well, it's, I, it was in an article mm-hmm. or a, like a radio um, interview that he did or something that he commented that he's, apparently, quote unquote, maybe it's a rumor that he's not gonna do any more action movies. He's stepping. I, he's stepping away from action. But you make it seem like he's in his twenties. That man has to be what, like 60, 70 years old. Yeah, point? but yeah, I mean, and 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 that's what the the prime of his. Where the height of the all his... The prime of his life is no, 70 not the, years no, old. No, not the prime of his life, but the prime of his, his career, where a lot of a lot of people were getting jobs, a lot of films were coming out for him. No. He's I been doing movies for a long time, that's what granted. Okay. But ever since he did, what was it? Um, Love Actually. No, nah, Love Actually. I, <laughs> that's one of my favorite uh, Christmas movies. I know. And I know that from him. But when he did, what was the one with the daughter... Um. He says, "If I f- I'm gonna find you, I'm trying to remember the name right now. I'm um, I'm drawing a blank." I hate when you, you know what's yeah. funny is when you have the answer and when we ask you about it, you just blank on it. You just blank on it. I know, I know. But all right, mm-hmm. so, um, so let's get into that. So he did say, but there's been talks now because this is what segwayed me into this mm-hmm. is that, um, he is in talks with or there's supposed to talks with him and Seth uh, McFarlane. To do a reboot of Naked Gun. See, I think that works for him. That would, and that's the thing. I think he would do good in a I liked action him. comedy. I liked him in, in a million ways to die in the West. Yeah, because you know what it is. His movies, unfortunately, because aside from like the sci-fi stuff that he does on the side, yeah, his actual personal movies where he's the main character always feel like they're the same exact thing. They always feel like the same. I, I literally feel like they they kind of have the same feeling or storyline to them somehow where somebody underestimates him and he has some crazy backbone and he takes revenge on people. Yeah. And 
I think he does better when if you're gonna use him as a tough guy, use him as a a tough guy like in the background, not not just make him the entire movie. You know what I'm saying? Like don't make him the main character if you're gonna do an action movie. Because um, I think it works better where, like, like I said, with a million ways to die in the West. I think he was, it was cool the way they did that. I liked the way he was just that tough guy that had that to come across had to fight. Yeah. So I would like to see him with another McFarlane. I, you know, it's funny, and I wonder because it, it seems like um, McFarlane has a relationship with Liam Nielsen because he's been on Family Guy and obviously a million ways to die in the West. Yeah. Um, but also, I think he has a relationship with. Um, uh, Charlie Theron, as far as friendship, because yeah. um, she was in that Million Ways to Die in the West, and she also was in the other show that I watched, which I'm I don't know if they're ever going to come up with another season, uh, the Orville. Orville, oh yeah, she was on there too. Let's hope so. But yeah, when I read that, I was like, and I know we talk about uh, reboots and like they shouldn't make reboots; they should start focusing on original content, but. I th- although I although the less Leslie Nielsen movies, I think those could be adaptable to current if they if they if like. Well, Leslie. Okay, so here's the thing: with Leslie, I was not happy when he kind of took or his brand of comedy took over the scary movies. I didn't care for that. Like when they when they took him out of the um the Wayne the the, the Wayne's brothers' hands. Yeah, because I don't know if you noticed that. That's. That's the kind of comedy it changed into. It went from, and I don't know if it was Leslie Nielsen, but it definitely went from one type of comedy to something more similar to um, Hot Shots or Naked Gun. Yeah. Where it's very just absurd comedy. You know, just randomness in the background with no real definitive context, just randomness. Right? Yeah. No, no, yeah. Um, although Naked Gun is one of those movies where I think I can appreciate it now. I can still watch it back then and still appreciate it, but... I feel like there's no way those things can transfer until now. And especially if you're going to talk about Naked Gun and the climate that we have right now, I don't know. Yeah, because it was very, like, yeah, very in-your-face. Yeah, it was a lot of, like, crazy stuff they did. And like yeah, I said, crude, I, think, I, I guess. I think people crude. that watch it now and know because, like, there's things that you could watch that, how about this? I think there's things that don't age well. Most A lot of things don't age well, right? But yeah. there's some comments you can almost give a small pass to because you know when they were filmed. Yeah. Like I could watch um I could watch Mel Brooks movies and I know those not to say they don't age well, but they were they were done with a different climate. Like they they, they were very in your face. They they said things and did things, yo, they would never even think about joking about. But I think people that watch it now can still appreciate it and not really feel like it was offensive to them specifically in a way. I don't know. But um, when it comes to Naked Gun, I don't know if they can remake those. Like, I think that you could watch in their time and appreciate them as they're, they're filmed in their time. But because think about it, like it has, you know, let's say like OJ Simpson, which I don't know how people feel about it, but I don't know. Based on his whole history, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's context into the, to the, per, the, exactly, the actor's but, personal life. Exactly. But you watch it at the time where like, okay, well. He was at the height of his career too. Exactly. No, he was. I just wondering if how can you make those type of movies now? It you know what it is? It it like it without would, cross like either you cross the line and you make it something that was like okay cuz comedy can be And the person the best all right mm-hmm. so the best person to do that would be Seth MacFarlane. 
True. Because he pushes that envelope of Family Guy. He pushes that envelope with Orville. Like, no, no, he does. And, he, the, and, and he he does it so he... I think he has a thought process or a process to creating a comedy to transfer from what it was mm-hmm. to current time with not losing... With keeping it current but not losing the essence of what it was originally. Twisting the jokes to a certain slightly degree... To keep it to like, oh, I feel I'm like if we would watch it now, no, I, knowing that we saw the movie, yeah. we could be like, I could see, I could see it correlating with Naked Gun with Leslie Nielsen mm-hmm. to the new one with Liam Nielsen if they do it. Funny enough is that they were supposed to come out with a 2013 reboot with Ed Helms uh, taking the lead role. Which one's Ed Helms? Ed Helms is from The Office. Andy. Oh, <laughs> wait. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think that is at Helms. Yeah. As a lead role, huh? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I, I'm always. I always love Seth Green. Uh, Seth Green. Seth, Seth MacFarlane. I always think, and I've said this before, Family Guy, I think people don't appreciate. Like, they, they, they really try new things in their show. Yeah. And I mean, he yeah, he's not afraid to cross the line. Like, I mean, not cross the line, but he's not afraid to touch a subject he, most people he, won't touch. He's willing to push the envelope to the to the edge. Yeah. Just enough to to be passable, to ex- be acceptable, but also mm-hmm. be like get that. Ooh, like I guess what I'm saying is raised eyebrow a little bit. Okay, well, this is my thing because I think it, it, his comedy, when it comes to movies, is always based on verbal. Is not as much. I mean, there was some physical comedy stuff. I don't know. I'm just I'm curious to see what it is because I feel like when I think about Naked Gun, it's like literally you can watch Naked Gun movies. Were very because think about it. It's not just Naked Gun. It's Naked Gun. Airplane, airplanes, hot shots. Yeah, and they were like, it was always very absurd with every action they did, and backgrounds and like craziness that would just yeah. They happen. they involve everything, either everything in the foreground, background, even the conversation between the characters. Yeah, and had action, uh, comedic action into it. Yeah, so physical action on, on top of dialogue, and even like subliminal. Oh, man. Jokes behind everything when people weren't looking. Or like basically, yeah, like you're 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 looking at it's something like, so like many, it, you it, would have to be the one to say this is a joke. Like, oh wait, yeah, because <laughs> I guess they try to give humor in so many different levels. So people that are more physical mm-hmm. had like physical coming with lots of those other people that catch little nuances between the dialogue. Like, oh, that's funny, or people like like something obscure in the background. It's just hanging something or like a sign or a symbol or, or, or a word or phrase. People find that humor. So they try to, I guess they try to give you different layers on one scene. Mm-hmm. And I think Seth MacFarlane would be able to do that. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested. I, I am. I just like, I'm curious. Yeah. Because again, I'm trying to think what, like, I mean, because don't get me wrong. Nicky Gun did jokes that I think are timeless in a way because it was like, I remember yeah. one where it's like, he goes to a bar, he goes, give me the strongest thing you got. And then there's, this like three hundred pound muscle guy just walks up and he's like, wait, like yeah, and then he orders another drink. I think it was he was like, let me get a, a black Russian. He goes, wait a minute, hold on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he realized these people were not giving him actual physical drinks. It's just people. That's what I'm saying. So like yeah. those kind of jokes, I think you'd be timeless with it because they're like they are. They're not really touching anything too sensitive. They're literally just making fun of just a, the things that exist. The name of the drink. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so let's see what happens. Let's yeah. see how it goes. Uh, next on the topic is uh, I know this is one of your favorite or on your, I would I want to say top five okay animated shows okay which is the Batman animated series yes would that would you be consider 
One of my favorite all-time shows. Okay. Um, um and then we already that, and then it continues to be, yeah, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. So that one, the so it originally was on the DC Universe uh, platform. Yeah. Moved over to HBO recently, probably like a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. And HBO's already in talks of doing a sequel to that series, to do a continuation of Batman the Animated Series, a sequel. I would only be okay with it if it's the original creators. And I think that's what they're trying to bring. It, it, they're trying to bring. Um, it was uh, the Fat Man podcast with uh, Kevin Smith, and yep. I guess he was talking about it. And he mentioned there's a rumor that that HBO is going to in talks about getting um, the animated series back. But he even mentioned that it would have to be with one of the original creators to bring that back. Well, because if you look at if you if you look at everything, uh, Batman that that animated series. Then Batman Beyond, and then even uh, Justice League. Yeah, they all felt like they were the same world. Like the, I don't know if it was just the story structure, the way they told it, the classic look, the fact that the the timeline was a little bit more obscure. Because in, if you watch Batman, you'd think it's the 1920s, but you know stuff like yeah. that. All those elements. They even did a Superman show. I don't know if you ever watched a Superman show, but I love that one too. They did a super uh, ba- the Batman animated series. People did a Superman animated series. And similar, the same, same, same art style. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Yes, um, I actually I forgot a, a while back. I looked it up and I started watching all the episodes. Yeah, and I loved it because it was never, it was never easy. Like you, like he never fought people that just use kryptonite. It was using like yeah. so many different elements to the story. So yes, as long as it's done by those people, I'm down. But if it's done by somebody else, I feel like they're gonna try to mimic it, and it's not gonna. It's it, that's usually what happens is. People try to copy and then end up using their own kind of style on top of the copy, and you kind of get lost in that. So if they can bring back the original people to bring it back, I would be super down for that. Yeah, but I, and and that would fall. In, I guess that would fall in between that and then the Batman Beyond series. So it had to be somewhere in that timeline. I don't know how they're going to continue it, but with that, I I do hope that they keep the same art style because sometimes they'll, they'll bring new artists and they'll try to yeah, give it I never got into flair. anything after that for Batman animated well the movies yes but never got into any of the other animated shows that got started using more technology and stuff like that yeah. it, it just took me out of it because um, they are seeing success with like the Harley Quinn even though it's a different brand of, oh that's a whole a different, different type of show but they're showing they're seeing that Batman's, Batman's that, like a guest star in that show and yeah. actually it's weird because I felt like so the Harley Quinn show had three seasons, I think it was, and it ended. It kind of had a story arc that ended, but apparently they were going to bring it back too. Yeah. So and I, and I think that's what HBO is noticing is that a lot of people are responding very well to the animated series on DC side. That oh, they they've been amazing. I told you this for oh, a long no, time. Oh no, we we we, Movies, we know this. Like to this, I think one of the last ones I got watching, watch, I have to see because they 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 just come out with these new movies and you don't even know if you don't really track it, you'll miss it. Um, they literally had one about uh, um this guy the ah uh, the guy who oh, oh um you got it you got it sorry uh, the dark one the one that wears a trench coat Constantine yeah Constantine yeah yeah Ticket oh, to Hell no 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 it wasn't Ticket to Hell it oh, was, was another it was another, oh, one. Was another one yeah Ticket to Hell wasn't actually Constantine at all I think no it wasn't it was a uh, Suicide Squad oh yes yes no but it was uh no Constantine like his background story then it was another Constantine where he teamed up with Batman so it's so it's it, actually that that's all D- Dark Justice League too. Dark Justice League. Oh yes, yes, yes. 
Um, so yeah, the DC animated series for a long time. I I never understood how their movies were so um, out there. Like they never had a good movie when the, the animated stories are just amazing. Yeah, and they're a lot more brutal. That's just crazy oh, they're thing. worse. Oh yeah, they they fi- not worse, but they they're uh, they're more graphic. Big time. Than, and well, they imply a lot more violence too. Like, yeah, they imply a lot more violence and and. And the thing is that they they're able to run the same time frame. It's like an hour. They, most of the movies like an hour and a half. So you, and and it's all animated. So it's like if just if they just take one of those creators, and take whoever directed the animated, and be like, let me give you live action. If I could recommend anything, it would be uh, the Batman story arc. Um, literally from I think when Batman and then um, Damian Wayne. To like literally, it's like at least five movies in that story arc. If animated movies, movies for Batman and in the DC, you know, in the DC animated universe. Yeah. Um. No, I'm like I said, I'm down completely. Uh, I would. I just want to make sure they would do one thing though. If you did bring back that show, because the one thing I absolutely loved about that show that I missed from the movies completely. Yeah. They don't. He's not a detective in the movies. Like, in the movies, he's just this guy who runs in with cool gadgets and, t- you know, yeah. fights crime, they, whatever. They don't they don't appreciate his detective skills. But that's the whole point of... That was my favorite thing about the show was he would... Something would happen. He would go to, to certain criminals. Like, you would see, like, the Penguin and stuff like that. But they're not necessarily the re, the main criminal. That would just be somebody he's trying to find out. Like a segue to get to the... Exactly. Man. A segue to get to the other person. And then he would discover somebody maybe brand new or maybe it would unveil that somebody he... Somebody he had already in his role gallery that he thought was not a player anymore is doing this stuff yeah. like that. Like it was always a mystery to his mo- his show, his every episode. Which that's one thing I, w- I would love to see. All right, but continue with DC and Batman. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, we're getting to the uh, Zyder, uh, Snyder cut of Justice League, and it's been confirmed that it's going to be a four-hour movie, not a miniseries. I'm okay with that. So here, here's a, there's a lot of things about this, mm-hmm. um, and I and I think it's gonna hurt him more being a four hour movie than being a miniseries. Why? Um, I I feel that if it was a miniseries, people would take, be able to take breaks and breathe in between and actually take in everything they saw. With Can I ask it. you a question? Right. Yeah. Well, well. Let's. I'm a. Uh, Go ahead. No, no. Let, finish your okay. thought. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Damn it, Nick. Damn, Nick. Right. Go That's ahead. That's why. Finish your point. So. All right. <laughs> let me get back to my point. So I do think it would have it would have fared better as a miniseries, being that it would have been all released at one time. So it's not like a week to week, and just keep it one hour each, just for people to take in everything they did in that one hour, and just. Uh, um, take it in to get to the next one. The reason why I say that was one thing that um, comparable to that would have been um, the Martin Scorsese one that he did, uh, The Irishman mm-hmm. with Robert De Niro, which ran like three, a little bit over three hours. And people understood that going into this, that um, it was a slow movie. Mm-hmm. And they understand the pacing would have been slow, but they still, I like me, I would thought it was boring. I'm like, they could have cut it down to two hours and made a great movie. This mm. is supposed to be action-packed, fast-paced, everything for four hours straight in one sitting. I think mm-hmm. I think it feels going to be too much to take in to be like, I'm going to stop it at one point. I'm gonna be like, you know, I'm just going to 
take a break because there's too much going on. Trying to rush, even though it's not, not going to be rushed because it's a four-hour movie, but I think it's going to be too drawn out in one shot. That I'm going to be like, I'm just going to be like, I'm done with it. I'm not even going to finish it. That's that's how I'm taking it in because I feel like if I take more breaks, I'm like, oh, I'll watch. I'm ready for the next one because like it's like almost like it's easier to binge a series like we'll binge like what was it? Stranger Things for for the whole season in one day. It's eight hours, but we have breaks to to to, to break up that that storyline to have that that 30 second breather before it transitions to the next episode. You're like, OK, blah, blah, blah. Let's get into it. Then it's it's consistent throughout the whole thing and that would just wore me the the hell out after a while okay Can I was it? yes you just you just said your point the binge right so you're telling me you pause only between episodes not a pause between episodes yeah there's a pause between episodes yeah but that's what i'm saying is i guess what i'm saying is the only thing with this one i can see why the thing is with with breaking a movie apart it has to in order for it to work kind of has to be broken apart you know what i'm saying like it has to be it has to be kind of like two separate um beginnings uh beginning arcs and endings to do it right cuz otherwise you're just going to kind of doing the the uh, lord of the rings thing we just ended and even then that had to that had to, that had beginning middle end of a movie you're not going to have two beginning middle ends with this movie and TV and episodes, even though episodes are shot that way, you know, there's a beginning middle episode up like beginning arc conclusion yeah. in every episode. There's no, I mean, there's no way to edit this. He literally is trying to portray you everything that he's done that they kind of try to take away. Right. No, of course. So there's no way he's going to be able to do that and shoot it in a way where it's going to have a, because, again, that's a whole different story then because you're, again, every episode of a TV show has a beginning, middle, and end. Has a conclusion. Yeah. Every movie has a beginning, middle, and end. It has a conclusion. Yeah, but that's... Even though the story is going to continue as a conclusion. Yes. So, that's what I'm saying is that... So, it's difficult to uh, to do what you're asking for for a break. When you can literally... The, the thing is, I can understand that being an issue maybe if you're watching the theater, but it's not coming out to theater. No, it's I... going I, to I, your home so yeah. you can pause it. So, you... Unless your friends are jerks and they don't let you pause it, that's a whole different thing. No, no, of course. But then for me, I'm mm. all right. So I get your argument. It's just no. But the, here's here's to add to I it. I feel like it's unrealistic. No, it 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 is it is realistic because it's all done in the edit. Because you could shoot it that however you want it, and you could edit just small points to break it up. Yes, but mm-hmm. but I feel that that if it would have done it in a miniseries, mm-hmm. I think I. Depending how it comes out, mm-hmm. I would have accepted it more, because if it's too long, and because me, if like, if I start the movie, I'm gonna watch it the whole way through. I'm not gonna pause. I'm not gonna stop for anything. I'm gonna plan my day. I'm gonna have to plan my day for a four hour movie. Yeah. But then I'm like, it was too long, or I think it's, it's gonna come out to people complaining more about the length. Is is gonna add volume to more of the complaint that people are gonna have if it doesn't do well. Yeah, I mean, it has to to for for me to sit down in a movie for four hours, and and take everything in, knowing one, it it's kind of a new movie, but really not is not a real really a new movie, and two, there's so many things against it already 
for me because being how the story structure was originally because i think he's changing adding new characters but i think just the hype and the length the time frame it took so long i'm like i just want to watch it to see what it is just not to shit on it but just to give it give it a give it a fresh pair of eyes trying to receive that that way but knowing that's four hours is hard for me to be like it's too long for me. I would my first thing would have been like it's it dragged out too long. He could have done this in two hours. He could have done this in three hours. It's too much. He was trying to pack too much in for too long. He could have condensed a lot of things. But if it would have been like one hour, it could have been a three part. First, middle be middle like beginning, middle, end, whatever, or two parter. You know I mean like a mini series. Yeah, but you're saying okay. So here's my argument with that. The thing is. The movie was already done, right? So he he's not he's not redoing an entire movie. He did, he did no, 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 no. He's yeah, he did reshoots to compensate for the things that were changed from his original idea, right? So there is bare bones to this. There is bones to the story that he didn't really start from scratch. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's bare bones to it. He uh, somebody took the bare bones he created and did something completely different than he wanted to. So now. He's basically trying to prove that this is the thing is, this is not a movie. Unfortunately, and this has gone so far that it's not a movie anymore. It's an event. It's it's no, it's an <laughs> argument. It's a it's a it's a social argument saying doesn't like should he have released his original idea yeah. or should this where the studios right in what you just said? Because technically, if, if you said that he should edit it down because it would have felt, felt better then they were right. Not necessarily just the, 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 the vision of what they had, but. They did cut it down for the other one, and that no, was not not all right. I didn't say edit it down. I'm saying that he, if he would have shot it the way he wanted, like I don't mind the reshoot again. But again, this is not the only issue that I have with what you're saying. Is like I said, um, every if you're gonna, it, it's almost like okay. For example, like if when I do photo shoots, yeah, I have a certain ability to edit with Photoshop. Right, there's certain there's things I can do with Photoshop. I, I can do a lot. But some people, when they think about, oh, well, he can do a lot, they start asking for things that are almost unrealistic. Like, oh, no, of course. But that's what I'm saying is that's kind of what you're doing right now. And I'm going to explain why. Because, again, it's not like he created an entire movie with a plot line where he planned it out being like, hey, we're going to do it this way. This is a movie that's already kind of created. And he basically re-edited and re-shot some things to fit his original vision. But to, to, to fit what you're saying... He would have had to reshoot the entire thing to cut to fit those narrative. No, because those are narrative details. You know, like I said, uh, beginning, middle, end, and all these different things. You can't just force edit into it because, like, even if you break it into three parts, like you just said, because of beginning, middle, end, that would be basically like everybody gets introduced. Stop. Uh, the problems start, and they didn't know what to do. Stop. Yeah, but it's... and then the final conclusion. So, I get what you're saying, but it's just like you either way, narratively any, speaking, it's difficult. In that movie by itself, because they're gonna have arcs, they're gonna have something that's gonna break into another scene. There's gonna something. There's something that's gonna happen in a movie or any movie that breaks your your transition from Act One to Act Two. Every time, there's 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 very few movies that has that that super fast transition, and a lot of them have like a either a minute break. That transition to like this is the end of Act One. This is getting into Act Two, without changing the storyline, without changing the pacing or anything. That small break could happen with a slice. But and then the old, not really, not really. But I, it's fine. But the other thing is, I don't. The only thing I understand is, 
who do you think is going to watch this that is going to one? Okay. Like I said, if you need a break, you can pause it, but to get a narrative break for, because you know what, because the story was too intense the first time. The story wasn't intense the first time. But I I guess what I'm saying is, here's my thing. Narratively speaking, I mean, um, Lord of the Rings, Titanic, um, you know, all these movies, Avatar, I think it was. They did. They did three-hour movies, right? I think the long. They were all three-hour movies. They barely broke three hours. Again, almost the this. I wait, think wait. This, this is pushing four hours plus. Theatrical release barely did three three hours, right? But director's cuts. Are oh yeah, cu- it's like seven di- hours. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. This is what we're we're watching a director's get, cut. Yeah, they give you. A, but here's the thing: those director cuts, which are like six hours, were in three DVDs. You, you well, get, because they couldn't fit in one. Okay, but that's, so they that's broke it we don't need DVDs anymore. Well, we should. I'm that's just like, saying, like, <laughs> but it's just a weird thing to hold up the movie for. I just, I, I, I ultimately feel for me. I'm gonna watch it regardless. I know, I know, but I, I just, just think like breaking it up to a miniseries would have been more beneficial for him. Mm. Personally, I, I, and I think people would fare with it better, and taking in everything in. Than sitting through four hours, and that and and either shitting on it or praising on it. I just we don't know. Like, okay, maybe common fans might have issues, but I think hardcore fans are used to sitting watching movies. Hardcore for four fans hours. are gonna watch it. No, and, no, no. And, but hardcore and, fans are okay used, with it. Are no, gonna no, be okay with hardcore it. fans or hardcore watchers like that watch director's cut more often. If you have ever watched a director's cut, you're not gonna have an issue with this movie. And if you title it like a director's cut, you'll be more forgiving for the fact that it's so long. But if you've never we, sat there and watched the director's cut, then I can understand your issues. But if you sat down and watched the director's cut, you know director's cuts are longer. And that's exactly what this is. Yeah, because so it's a Snyder cut. <laughs> I just really, like I said, it's an argument that I hope he wins. I think it's going to be difficult, like you said, because of all the hype and the disappointment of the original. Yeah, I think it's it re- just, it it's, a re- be- it's already going up and uh, it's already working itself an uphill battle. Yeah, it's already going uh, like was it upriver? Uphill battle. Uh, yeah. Uphill battle, yeah. Yeah. However, I really hope it wins only because I honestly think that you should always give the artists the room to make what they're envisioning. Yeah. No, no. Of and course. because if it doesn't, it's not successful, then the studio is fine with what they did. Yeah. And, they, ha- and how they re-edited it or whatever. They're, you know, the studio is going to win regardless. Either no, no, way. no. I mean, in this case, it might not. Like I'm saying, if, if people watch this and be like, man, this is 25% a better movie, they won. Period. Yeah, no, but then they also here's here's the ways that the studio will win ah, both ways. Okay. If it's a success, if it's like, damn, they should have this should have been the movie that came out. So the studio is like, all right, that now question we, is how can they gauge that though? No, though, isn't it either gonna be is gonna be all by Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok responses on how the the. Well, the that's, public, the public response. That's critical review, but that's no, not critical. How... Critical would have been like Rotten Tomato. This no, is no, no, no. People... I'm saying like critical people talking about like yeah. The more the more conversation you have, people talking how good it is and how it would have been is way better than Josh Whedon's cut. Mm. Then that's that's your that's your that's your your breaking point of knowing how well it did because think... you don't have you can't really go by numbers right now because of the theaters. Streaming numbers, you're gonna have a high streamer number because everybody's gonna want to watch it. Everybody's gonna see what was they, the big hype about it. I think I, so I everything would, they're relying yeah. on is basically pretty much uh, 
the grand like general uh, response of everybody, the public's response. So that's how they'll gauge the supply and demand. If like if we supply them this kind of quant this kind of kind of quality, mm. being that not for our movie, maybe so broken down, whatever. But let's keep the the creator or the director's original bare bone idea mm. or a concept of how he wanted to portray the movie to its original form, then bringing in somebody in that is not closely or not has the same style for whatever, because the Zack Snyder's switching into something that studio thing might do better. Yes. So with that, so they know either they'll win that way. If it's success, they'll lay, they'll pull back the reins. They'll be like, give more reins to the director, Mm -hmm. writers, creators, whoever's contributing. But Mm -hmm. if it fails, the studio goes like, now we know not to spend more money on these type of writers. Not, and now they're going to win either way. They're either going to win by they get the praise. They're going to spend more money to get back more. Or they're like, it flopped. We're not going to spend any more money. So they still make money because they're not spending anything on any future projects. Yeah, um, I was, I think I, the, the, the way projects. the streaming networks now are gauging the success of like stuff like this is new viewers. Like So if, if uh, like let's say, 20 million people sign up for HBO Max prior to the direct, the Snyder Cut, then they know that's kind of how they gauge success, I, I believe. Yeah, I think they, they gauge it within the prior month because a lot of people just jump in the month of, exactly. of the release. Yeah. But, yeah. So, and, and, and that's one thing that Netflix is doing good because they have this new show called Lupin. I've been hearing about it and yeah. I haven't watched it yet. But yeah, and it's getting high numbers just like Queen's Gambit. But you know that's just, that's one thing that Netflix does, and Netflix is. I know people, but I feel like people have been crapping on Netflix for a while, and I don't know why. Because yeah, these other networks might be coming up, and they probably be doing stuff. But then you think about Netflix's quality of content, you're like, well, dude, they they you know Queen's Gambit was one of the most interesting, most talked about shows out there, and now you have Cobra Kai, which you used to love from YouTube, yeah, and now it's on Netflix, and everybody like it got approved. I think it got. Push for they got uh signed up for two more seasons. They got an eye for town. They got an eye for, and I, like I said, I've been telling you about the the Korean TV shows that I've been watching on there. Like, Alice, I think Alice are in Borderland. Yeah, I think are amazing. And what's then, the other one? Sweet Home, Home Sweet Home is the other one you yeah. wanted to watch. Yeah, but yeah, so it it and and that's what great what Lupin everybody watched. It was really good, and that one's that it's it. I think there's a second part to it. Okay. Uh, it's only like a, I think it's like a two part series. Okay. So, but I'm like. Original content, but talking into that, which mm. is our last topic, let's let's finish it up. Is uh, CBS All Access is being rebranded mm-hmm. and re-released under the new name in March as Paramount Plus. So for Paramount Studios, because it's owned by Viacom, CBS, mm-hmm. Viacom, um, and they are gonna have, I think it's MTV. Uh, CBS shows, uh, BET, and uh, as much as uh, Nickelodeon, I think as much content as they have in their in their library to to present. I don't see me downloading that. Yeah, I, I and they and here's the thing: I was reading that mm. they were saying that the partners were saying that seeing calling a CBS Act All Access doesn't is not appealing to the younger crowd because I guess Paramount. The name Paramount, it's or Paramount Plus because they've been they'll I think they'll associate with like Disney Plus or like HBO Max, like uh, associating that name. But they're 
and it's owned by Viacom, so they have like Showtime, but Showtime has his own access plus his own streaming service. BET has his own streaming service, but they were like, oh, they have MTV, which are the largest on um, content would have been like MTV, Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. but they don't. They know people are not gonna be like, I'm not gonna spend ten dollars on MTV to watch MTV reality shows or Nickelodeon shows when I have a whole plethora. I mean, there's probably people that were super into all those old shows, like uh, the reality shows they used to have on there. I really wasn't one of those people. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, it's so funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about like, so I love the show and I've been telling you to watch it. It's called uh, American Gods, right? Unfortunately, it's on the Stars Network. Yeah. And Stars, uh, I'm not even sure how much it is per month. I I mean, don't get me wrong, Stars has a lot of new movies on there too. Mm-hmm. But I really, I've seen all those movies in the theater or whatever. So I have no desire for the Stars Network as a whole. Mm-hmm. To the point where I'm trying to figure out if it's how should I get the show by itself rather because I really don't want to pay for stars. Like am I, and that's, that thing is so that, that show's the only thing that's keeping you to to keep. I, I want to keep up with the show, um, and I'm trying to figure out a way to enjoy it without having to pay for stars. To the point where I was thinking about buying all the episodes uh, as they come. I think you could buy a, a season package. Yeah, but that's way more expensive. <laughs> On Amazon Prime, I think I think you buy it. It's like twenty, it's like twenty, thirty, forty bucks, something like that, to yeah. buy a season pass or something like that. I it's obviously way more expensive of because I think right now they have a deal of like five to seven dollars for each month. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just in my head. I'm like, it's it's no almost like a, a principal thing where it's like I I don't know if I'd rather just pay the whole thing about and own the show rather than because uh, I don't mind watching it once. I'm not really really I don't see myself rewatching it. No, no. So, but. I don't know. It's yeah. one of those things like, how do you do when you just want one thing from that network? It's hard. I think it's going to be like, you have to wait till it comes out and just rent it. And you're going to be a rent season. Rent where? Amazon Prime. Usually they'll, they'll have. It's the same thing. No, they usually cost around the same time. They don't rent the TV shows though. They don't? I thought you could rent, you could rent, you could buy seasons and rent seasons. You could buy seasons. Buy seasons the same thing as, like I said, uh, buy <laughs> getting season pass. Oh, okay. Where you basically buy the seasons and every episode that comes out brand new, you can watch it. All right, yeah, so it's not it's not worth it. <laughs> we'll f- we'll find some form, we'll some, it out. some alternative ways for you to uh, catch up on those shows. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we'll take it off offline when I tell you. Oh, All whatever. right, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll take a quick break and come back with damn Nick's corner review. Welcome back, everyone, to Damn Nix's Corner Review. I don't know what all that's about. I'm giving you an intro song. That's uh, intro, an intro, intro beep-bop. That, that is you breathing irregularly. Exactly. <laughs> that's like the worst beatboxing ever. Yeah, I never said that so, was the I never claimed that was the best, but so, I tried my hardest. So thank you for Nick for introducing Nix's Corner Not Review. Damn Nick's <laughs> Corner Review. <laughs> Accepted, just accepted. So okay, so this week we got to review a movie that just came out on Netflix, uh, called Behind the uh, Outside the Wire. Outside the Wire, correct. With our new, our new homie, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, uh, was it Desmond Desmond Ed- Idris, Idris? Idris? Emily Bakcham. Yeah, I think those are the only, like the main characters. Yeah, as far as like because it. 
there's a lot of different people, but for the most part, you only really get to see um, two people. It's interaction between the, the first two characters. Yeah. Um. So the story, the storyline, as 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 you watch in the trailer, is uh, a soldier gets deployed to work with another soldier who comes to find out is um, actually an android. Yes. Um. So, and then you know, there's a mission there now. Eight. There was a lot of little different elements. I felt like every time I watch movies, I always like to reconnect with old movies to see yeah. like how that kind of makes sense. So it felt like a little bit. Do you remember a movie with uh, 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 Mario Van Peebles called Solo? Yes. It kind of reminded me of like, this is like the, the Solo point, like, you know, 5.0 or something like that meets Training Day. Yeah, I could see that. That is a very good interpretation. Yeah, like so it's like a sequel solo mixed with a little bit of training day i mean honest with you i liked certain aspects of the movie i like the actor uh the main you know the main actor um i just honestly the story didn't make any sense to me thank you yes all right I, I there was you. so much about the story that just i could not grasp my like as far as you know certain things like you were like but that wouldn't make sense as far as like you know like let's say yes. why the the setup as far as the setup they used in the movie didn't make sense. The there was a kind of like you could say there was kind of like little twists in the movie, and then there was a concluding story, and none ever really made sense. It kind of. I guess yeah, this is one of the. All right, it so bothered me. This movie because it was, was not it was, like it rushed. Was, it looked like it was well made. It, it was just, well made. I, I think they, they they definitely took their time into trying to put this movie together. It didn't feel rushed, like you said, but. You know how those movies that that do minor flashbacks to 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 paint you the the broader stroke of what the movie is supposed to be or what the I guess the twist is or what the concept of is mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's what that meant and this one tried to do it you like that didn't mean anything no but that, that's the thing that bothered <laughs> me about it okay so with certain movies when I say that the story I didn't like it's usually because they didn't go into detail about how to do it or they didn't fully explain. The motivation and stuff like that, which we, we, we by everybody, I thought all that was okay as far as done on this movie. I understood what they said or what they explained was their motivation. Like all that was understood. It's just yeah. the actual motivation itself or the actual plot and plan at the end just didn't make sense. It felt like it was not gonna conclude how, like what you know, whatever the 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 villain whatever wanted to happen. I felt like it was not going to be accomplished by doing what they wanted. Or they, how they tried to approach it. Yeah, and even the setup as far as why this these two people were paired together, it didn't feel conclusive. Like, it didn't feel like, wait, would that really would be what the, the military does? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's just, there was a, I honestly, I, I, I hate to say it like this, I felt like they, I don't feel like, I, I didn't feel as an audience person, I felt they respected. I felt like they really just kind of felt like they can get away with a lot of, these weird little plot holes, yeah, um, and they just they they pray, they propose a story that didn't make sense, but they didn't care because they, they figured people were just going to ignore. It. I don't know. I just I felt insulted a little bit. Yeah, and I think story. and I think uh, what was his name, uh, 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 Damson Damson, uh, the the younger actor. Mm-hmm. I felt his ca- all right. So one thing that annoyed me about his is that. This character's moral or uh, not moral compass, 
but his thought process flipped every time. Like there was a moment he's like he's like a rebel, but then the other one he's like real straight edge. And that's the thing, and like, it jumps back and forth. I'm like, you don't know there was what you. The doing. whole part of the movie seemed like they were talking. They were they were arguing more more ambiguity when it comes to war. And I get that, and I love the argument, especially when you're dealing with androids and stuff like that. Like maybe thinking like a robot stuff like that. But I just felt like ultimately whatever argument they were trying to make. They did not succeed with the story they gave. Yeah, and that's what bothered me. I felt like there was a good concept idea where it's like, well, let's let's talk about war. Let's talk about robots in war, and let's discuss you know the moral quandary when it comes to making decisions based on logic. Like, you know what? You know which other movie did a good job of stuff like that? Um, the one with Will Smith, um, iRobot. Yeah, that, that one's a good one. But that's what I'm saying. That's a movie that dealt with the same idea where it's like, you know, robots logic versus, you know, human, human logic, logic, right? And I thought that that's kind of what the concept they were going to go with. But I felt like the story that they created, or ultimately the, the motivations or what they wanted to accomplish did not make sense. It, yeah. I felt like it was not going to accomplish any of those things. So that's where I have an issue with. Um, and also the other thing, too, is, I mean, for this being a... a um, a robot, whatever, robot, a soldier. Yeah. I felt like I was going to be more. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, there were certain scenes maybe, but I didn't think it was, it wasn't, it wasn't as, as superhuman as you would want it to be. Yeah. It I, just felt no, like he was a good, like, I feel like I could see almost the same thing. Like, it was a little step of, uh, uh, like, it was a notch above a good soldier. Like, let's say, maybe not Captain America, because obviously that's, that's the same level, but, I just felt like he wasn't doing, he was like, especially movie quality. I felt like he wasn't really doing anything that felt robot or, or android in nature. Yeah. Aside from a cool couple of scenes, but you could almost see the same thing, let's say from Old Guard. Yeah. Um, from Charlie Starin. You yeah. know, maybe lacked some of the strength, but even then, they didn't really make him look like he was ridiculously strong. Or, yeah, or not even ridiculously stronger. There was even moments of like agility, accuracy that, 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 felt more i guess human like because there were errors and what being a robot i guess they i mean they, they even when he did like perfect shots it just happened so quickly and everything they, they it, didn't really it, touch it on lo- like it got lost in the moment yeah exactly like oh cool. like you know like you like, you didn't realize how impossible the shot would be that only a computer an android person would to be compute able to it and, yeah. and shoot it yeah so like i i just felt like it got lost in that too so like because I, I, I didn't really feel like he was a robot it really felt more movie. all right so the best way to explain it is like the way he was shooting or the the action scenes of him shooting mm. felt more aligned like if it was John Wick in it cuz John Wick had at the craziest accuracy mm. in it but he was human and he took he he there were human elements meaning yeah. that uh he was fighting the elements of other people and everything else but you could see that, that he was breaking down in the process him being an android I felt that they try to balance that mm-hmm. of being that he's not fully robotic even though he's an android fully robotic but it's also he, they also give the element of error onto it at the same time yeah so i was like uh but i i do feel like i do agree with you that there should have been moments that it that it was street computing or like Showing the know, difficulty something, of something. I don't know. Just there was just certain elements. I feel like there was there was a story that they were trying to accomplish. I just felt like the story they decided to go with when it comes to the whole thing didn't accomplish their original idea. 
Um, as far as, you know, like I said, the whole, you know, morality and robots, stuff like that. Like I, like I said, Bison, uh, iRobot did a better job, way better job when it comes to that argument. Yeah. Versus this one. Um, that was another thing that I was just like, um, one thing I, I kept on curious to me that I'm trying to find out is, are Netflix movies filmed in a different, like a film stock or technology versus movie theater movies? Because... I feel like as much as big as these movies are, they have A-list stars. They have, you know, I'm sure that great def- uh, effects teams, all these different things. Yeah. But when I watch them, and I know I'm watching them at home, it does not feel the same. Like, even even when we watched uh, Wonder Woman, that felt different than watching something like, let's say, the one with Jamie Foxx. Okay, uh, Fox. The one with the power? Or is it called power? The one where he had a ability. Oh, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. There's something about the way it's shot. Not necessarily the way, like, as far as budget-wise. I don't know. But it just felt like they used a different type of film that when you watch a movie-style film at home, you feel like it's epic thing. And then when you watch a Netflix movie, even though everything has all the same elements, storyline, effects, all this stuff, you would think it feels as big, but it as doesn't. As theater. It feels kind of like made for t- like still kind of made for TV. Type thing. I don't know. It's just there's something about it that I feel like I want. I keep on wondering if they're using a different film stock or a different camera that they only use for movie theater versus only for TV shows. So that's one thing I feel like they're intended to shoot it, show it on screen. On, on and maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe that's why I feel like it's not as epic because you know when you shoot a movie theater movie that's intended for the theater and then you, you subjugate it down to TV, it's still you still feel something from that. And I don't know. I just feel like I'm missing that little part. And that's I'm okay with watching movies from home, and I'm okay with if they start moving Netflix. All these people start doing big quality movies like that. Yeah. I just want that little, that little bit, that little feeling. Like I, I like yeah, you're still in theater. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's possibly because of a different type of camera, a different type of film. If they still use film, I don't know. I just hope that there there is a transition that actually makes sense. Where I was like, okay, now I feel like I'm watching a. a Big budget movie at home, so that, that's where you felt like it was. It was a big budget, but it didn't feel big budget. That's what I'm saying. In the that, terms of the style, or not the, the style, like or something just about, the visual looking. There's something about the visual, feel, visual, visual nature of these movies, um, like this one that we watched there, um, outside the wire, or um, uh, the one with uh, Jamie Foxx, Power, Power. Um, the sixth with um, Ryan Reynolds. I think I forgot what the name of that one was. Ryan Reynolds. The Death Six or something like that. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Like, they're all great movies. They're all huge, and they all have these huge productions or something like that. Like the Old Guard? The Old Guard, too. They're just something that feels very... kind of Clean? Because, like, for example, when somebody shows me a picture they took with their iPhone versus a picture they took with a, with a high-end camera, they still... They both are good quality. Like, an iPhone takes an amazing picture. Magazine style, whatever. Yeah. But I can still tell there's a small element missing that I can tell it's not as good a quality as as like yeah. you know your two three thousand dollar camera, and it's not to say that that an iPhone is not a great camera. It takes a great quality picture. It's just something missing, and I don't something, know. If it's, and it's mostly the lens. But that's what I'm saying. Is I don't know. I feel like it's something in the technology that gets lost, and I feel like if they were to use the same camera, if they use the same camera, maybe I'm just being picky, but. I just said, there's something I feel like I'm missing when I when I watch 
a Netflix big action movie versus a big action movie that was shot for intended to theater, theater and went to streaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could see what you're saying. Yeah, I could definitely. Yeah, if you compare, it's almost like how you said compared uh, Wonder Woman to to um, Outside the Wire. Like the actions almost as there there were actions in both, but in Wonder Woman, it just felt more larger than life. That's right. There's something a little bit know. larger than life in terms of you. It it, it was. I just feel like there's for, something. Yeah, there's something when they shoot a movie that's intended for the theater, and then they scale it down to the to the screen. That I think sometimes maybe they they know that people are gonna watch it even on nothing bigger than an eighty inch TV, or whatever. So maybe they they film it for that idea. That could be too. It's almost like when you when you shoot a picture, but you like you don't want to do it in raw because you know it's gonna be on on Instagram. So you shoot it uh, at a lower quality. Like a JPEG or something, or lower, because you're like, ah, eh, it's gonna go there, so it's gonna be fine. Yeah, I don't know, I, something like that. I, I, we're going on a rant with it, but I just, yeah. If anybody knows that little element, maybe the cameras are different. Maybe the the high, the the, the oh, it could be the um the rate, the refresh rate. What is it like? Yeah, uh, isn't it like thirty six to sixty frame frame per second? second. Yeah, that too, but that just. That could be also too. It, it, it's a lot of different elements, in the, in depending on the equipment that they use. And I guess I can. I, I don't know why I feel like I can see it. So, anyways, uh, back to this movie. <laughs> um, good actors. Good. I mean, cool visuals. Good concept. I Is like- it me or the robots from this movie feel like the same robots from, from Chappie? No, from District Nine. Not District Nine. Um, the one with uh, 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 Arrow. The one. Um, Oh, with his brother, yeah, Stephen Amell's character, yeah, Stephen Amell and his brother, Robbie Amell. Yeah, I feel like the same robots, but um, I think they just recycled them. <laughs> They're in so, the same universe. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I, I again, I think the story was not done right. As far as not even the storytelling, just a story that they chose to go with in the beginning. Yeah, and I kind of feel like a little insulted, like you know. It was obviously not a good story. I don't know. I like the overall concept. Again, the concept I, is fine. I, the I, actors I, are I, great. The actors are good. The concept of how uh, how they wanted to portray it, good. I think they just felt... I just what, could not grasp the story. I could not grasp how the things that they were showing me made sense. Yeah, because I'm like, nothing nothing at the end connected to really all the little major like little nuggets they try to drop throughout the movie to get you that final... like. Oh, that's what it meant. Like, no, it didn't really. Even going back at it, I'm like, no, it it didn't really connect the way you thought would it would have done it. But mm. it is what it is. But let's get into the Nickies. I'm giving it two and a half Nickies. I feel so wrong because it wasn't. I, 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 it's hard to say it was a bad movie, but it definitely needed a lot of work. Yeah, that's what it is. it's. It's just below average. It's just if. Please check it out. Maybe I'm being too picky, but I'm getting two and a half. Nickies. I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just it, it's, it was. It's, it's a very great, well shot. It's very it's, beautiful. It's very good actors. Visually, is good. Actors were great. Concept of it was good, but the process of how it was put together and and the plot holes was the downfall of it. Ultimately, so I give it a, I give it two and a half Nikki's as well. Oh, so outside the wire with Anthony Mackie on Netflix gets two and a half Nikki's. Unfortunately, yeah. But 
Thank you guys for listening to the newest episode, the latest episodes of Nerds in the City. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Nerds in the City. You could always email us at Nerds in the City Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Give us suggestions, critiques, or things that we could do to improve your listening pleasure. Pleasures. <laughs> and like always, guys, tell a nerd, send a nerd, bring a nerd. See you next week. Bye.